Let's get hyped. Welcome into the Husker Hypecast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts, and our special guest this week. We go back to the deep bench at 1620 The Zone, and this time we emerge with one Gary Sharp. Gary, welcome. Is this your is this your Husker Hypecast debut? Um, yes, because the last time I was on, it was not technically the Hypecast. Gotcha. <laughs> It was just the it was just the Husker twenty four seven podcast. So yes, long time listener, first time hypecaster. All right, there we go. It's exciting. All right, so you 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 know the the lay of the land a little bit. We're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about the defense. We're going to dive into some predictions. You're going to have to get oddly specific, and then of course you'll have to have a pick to click in a game prediction as well. Nebraska plays Oklahoma this weekend. I don't know if anyone knew that or not, but that is a game that is at hand and we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Brunts, we will start with you. In your opinion, is this the best that Adrian Martinez has looked in the last three seasons? Um, yes and no. I thought towards the end of last season, he looked okay. I mean, the, the number, the touchdown numbers weren't great, but, um, I, I think I, I, I'd say, yeah, I mean, he's, he's running a lot better. He seems like he's taken a little bit more risks in the running department, which I kind of like. Um, I think that he seems a little bit more in sync with a few of his receivers, which is good. So yeah, uh, after initial, uh, initially hemming and hawing, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go along with your premise. Well, it's not my premise. I'm just asking the question. That was kind of your premise. All right. Are you saying I ask leading questions? <laughs> You're a radio guy now. That's You're true. supposed to give me two options. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Sharp, you were big on Gabe Irvin coming into the year. It took him a couple games, and he had a nice game against Buffalo. He had a, a good second half, some of his uh, longer runs on the season. In your vantage point, what do you think has sort of ailed Nebraska's running game, and how would you size up that running back room right now? Well, I think we all know what the offensive line has struggled, whether it be figuring out what play they're going to run, what they're blocking, their communication. I think in the running back room, and I, I, Gabe Bourbon was better in game three. I think he's understanding the plays better. He's got more of a knack for what's in front of him, how to get to a particular hole. And he also, his pass blocking is better, so he's playing more. I think the problem with the running back room is, they don't have a star. They just have good running backs. And I think for this offense to roll right now, they need a star running back. But they also don't have anybody that's able to get into a rhythm where they're just going to continue to be fed the ball because I think the OC gets a little bit bored and says, well, we can't run it that much. Let's go try something else. I, I think the running back room is a little bit disappointing. Um, I think there's a lot of talent in that room. But is it talented enough to go – 18 for a hundred plus one week and then do it this next week as well. Brian, the Nebraska has got a bit of a mash unit with their pass catchers right now. As, as you kind of survey the lay of the land ahead of this game with, with Oklahoma, mm -hmm. who do you kind of view that Adrian Martinez might be able to throw to? And, and what do you make of, of where Nebraska is at with their receivers after a couple straight years where that was a large sort of talking point? Um, I, well, I think they need Oliver Martin back. And the question is, um, 
if he does come back, is there like a one game delay where it's obvious that he's been out a couple of weeks and it's, it takes some time for, you know, that to sort of him to get on the same page with Adrian in a game again. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about that, even if he does play, uh, but they need somebody to go with Ture. That's another threat right now. I, I, I've mentioned this on our other podcast, but you know, I feel like there was a potential for progress, but injuries are sort of knocking that away. I mean, Omar Manning, Slowly but surely, he started a game against Fordham. You're thinking, okay, maybe this is going to start to take off a little bit now. Well, he's in a boot the next week. Xavier Betts gets the ball in the second play, you know, uh, against Buffalo, and you can tell they want to involve him more, and then he gets injured. And so, they've, you know, those are two monster guys if you talk about this wide receiver room becoming what people hope it can be that are, are now sidelined, and I don't know what the, the timetable is that – I think is sort of getting in the way of progress. Um, so I would love to see Elante Brown sort of pop up this week. Uh, I mean, I mean, I know you got to earn it, but he's a guy who's exciting with the ball in his hands. And I think you could find ways to get him the ball. Will Nixon, I thought would be more involved. I know he got dinged up a little bit, but it, there's a couple guys who probably need to become part of the equation here in the next few weeks. while some of these other guys are injured. Before we shift to the defense, I'm going to throw a question to the room uh, at the whole, whoever wants to jump in and have at it. Has Samari Toure been what you expected, better than you expected, less than you expected? How do you kind of size up his play over three weeks? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd say yes. I'd say he's been that guy. I mean, you can't argue with the numbers. He, he Honestly, his stat line on Saturday should have been three touchdowns on three yeah. touches. Uh, so – um, I, I think he's got a knack for finding uh, the soft spots in defenses. Um, I don't think he's like a blow the top off a defense guy, uh, but he's shown that he, he knows how to, how to run routes and uh, how to take advantage of mismatches. And that was what we hoped for going in with the, him. You guys think he's a thousand yard wide receiver at the end of the year? Yes. I think I'm he gonna... gets there. I, get, I think he gets there. I think that, I think he's going to have a few more long touchdowns and that's generally what's held back Nebraska players in the past is not having like the big gainers. And uh, so even if he's only catching four balls a game, I think he's going to get close to about a hundred a game. I think. Yeah. I, I think that he's not only going to pass Stanley, assuming he's healthy for the, the duration of the season. I think not only does he pass Stanley Morgan, but he sets a number that's, significantly higher than the what is it a thousand four yards currently or a thousand forty yards somewhere in that range um but i i could see him going over 1100 this year just sort of the the pace that he's on and like Brunt said he's, he's been a big play guy so far and and nebraska certainly needs that in spades all right let's jump over um defensive side of the ball let's start with uh let's start with sharp what what did you see from uh, Nebraska's inside linebackers on on Saturday? Certainly uh, one of the better games for, for Luke Reimer and for Nick Henrich. Is that kind of how you pictured it would look with that duo this year? Yeah, I have high expectations for those guys. I, th I think especially the two in-state guys are really good football players. They have a knack for where the football is, and they just have a general sense that they're going to be either in the frame or they're going to be right on the football when they're making a tackle. And then Chris Kalarvik. You know, we talk about Samari Touré on the other side, uh, a transfer who has paid off. Kalarvik is starting to pay off. We all wondered, where wasn't he playing much in the first game? 
Why wasn't there a rotation? Well, he's played more, and when he's on the field, he's a difference maker. I thought I thought the collection of inside linebackers and outside linebackers as a whole had one of their best games that they've had in a while at Nebraska. But I like that inside linebacker room, and they're going to get tested this weekend. And, you know, they're going to get tested when you make the transition to the Big Ten where there's a lot of teams that Nebraska is going to face between now and the end of October. They're just going to line up the ball and try and run it down their throat. So those guys are going to be key. Plus, they don't get caught out of position, which I think is pretty important. BC, there's not a ton of stats right now for Damian Daniels, but he plays a position where it's hard to pile up the tackles and certainly much harder to get the sacks. What have you made of his start to the season so far, and what's his value to this defensive group? Yeah, he's a good guy to highlight this week, too. I think he's been one of the best players on the defense when we talk about Luke Reimer and his 16 tackles on Saturday. And, and Reimer would be the first to say this. It's guys like Damian Daniels, you know, taking up a lot of hands and sort of opening up opportunities for the backers to clean up. And it's fun. it was a funny comment by Reimer, but he was talking about how him and Henrich, like, argue about who gets to line up right behind Damian. So that tells you a little bit something about that, you know, inside the room, what they think of what he gets done for that group. Now this, this Oklahoma offensive line, I think is pretty good, but I do know that there's a, they have a few moving parts and they were sort of figuring out who the center was going to be all off season. And so if Nebraska is going to get some stuff done, this would be a game where you'd hope Damien uh, is a real problem in the middle, in the middle of the trenches and uh, you know, some other guys maybe feed off of that. So I think he could have a really big game in this one. And I think Spencer Rattler is a guy who hangs onto the ball and trusts himself to buy a little time. And this, this defense has to get home this week. Cause, cause I do think there will be opportunities to do that. Brunts big weekend for the secondary. They're going to get a lot of, uh, a lot of Spencer Rattler coming at him, um, both with his arm and potentially with his leg as well. What, where do you sort of see this group three weeks in? And, and is there a potential X factor on that, on that back group, uh, a guy that you think if, if someone's going to have a big day in Norman that, that could come out of that room? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably point to Deontay Williams being the X factor. Cam Taylor-Britt needs to be better in this game. I mean, he needs to kind of get it together from where he's been uh, the first couple games of the season. Um, you know, the, this is going to be a test like this team hasn't had yet. Um, you know, with all apologies to what Illinois was running out there at wide receiver. I, I do think that in addition to having to, you know, be ready for some pretty impressive speed at the wide receiver spot, I think Nebraska's secondary is going to have to tackle too in, in the run game. I mean, I, I could see a scenario where Oklahoma tries to spread Nebraska out and then just run at them that way, like, like some teams have had success with, um, you know, in, in the past, thinking Minnesota especially, that's kind of how they did it a couple of years ago, but um, you're, you're going to need to not have the big bust. You're going to have to tackle well. And I, I'm eager to see if, if Nebraska trusts its cornerbacks to, to play tight and play one-on-one against Oklahoma's wide receivers. Cause it seems like they've given up a lot of ground to the first couple uh, <laughs> games of the season so far. Yeah. Me have thoughts. She does too many of them. <laughs> All right. Don't you, is, don't you, uh, it is prediction time, and we will start with oddly specific predictions. Is anyone just chomping at the bit to uh, to get theirs on on uh, you know recording here? I'm, BC, not, I'm no. looking at you. I'm going with you. 
Okay, you're going with me. All right. Oddly specific prediction. Um, this is a this is a real long shot, but this that's what it's all about, right? I'll say, Will Nixon pops up on a on an option play and scores a 13 yard touchdown in this game. And it is not called back for a forward pitch. No, the uh, the officials act like they've seen an option play before in their life in this occasion, and they let it stand. I wonder what those officials would have done, by the way, like in the old Big Eight era, like when Darian Haggins like flipping the ball, you know, fifteen yards in the air. I, I just don't think they could have handled that. Brunt, you ready? I'm ready. I Give think I think you're going to get some more Trey to have a another hundred yard game. In, in this one, I think he's going to go for 135, and I think one of those is going to be a 58 yard touchdown catch. Okay. All right. We'll save Sharp for last. I think, in a nod to the uh, to the great play in 2001, Nebraska runs a, a play that they've run before. And this time, it's Heinrich Harburg lined up at wide receiver. <laughs> and he makes a toss to an Adrian Martinez, and the Huskers score a first half touchdown on a wide receiver, sort of wide receiver pass to a quarterback. No, no homage to Steve Crewald's run to daylight. No, that's someone else's. Or a, or a fake punt with Judd Davies. (laughs) No fake punts, please. Uh, Nebraska will get the ball and they will drive down in one of their first possessions. They will get down to the Oklahoma 28 yard line. It'll be fourth down and three. And instead of going for it and the no fear of failure play calling day, they will instill some confidence in Connor Culp. He'll come off the bench and he will kick a 45-yard field goal. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, Pick to click. We'll go reverse order. Sharp, who you got? Who's playing well this weekend? Deontay Williams. I think he'll make some NFL money this weekend. I think he's played really well. He can play better. But I think in this case against the wide receivers and what Brunt said earlier about open field tackling, I think Deontay Williams is my pick to click. Did you know he is three months older than Lamar Jackson? I did. Did you know that Damian Jackson is old? I, I did. I okay. did. I, uh, I was spending far too much time looking up players and relative age to NFL players last night. Do you know that uh, Roquan Buckley is, what, still 17? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that Jalen Weaver is the size of a house. I know all of those <laughs> and, and And I also, we learned he also rides a scooter. That's a, a six-foot-eight, 350-pound man on a scooter. Does he get two scooters? Is he just, like, water skiing on those things? It was – it was <laughs> when he went by, it was like, oh, wow, that guy should not be on a scooter. It's like Willem Breidenbach. He's, he has a skateboard. Think about All that right. for a minute. I am going to go with uh, Ben Stilley. Gets Nebraska out of their sack quagmire. He gets a first-half sack on Spencer Rattler on Saturday, and he plays well for the Huskers. That's my pick to click, BC. Okay, I will go with uh, Cam Taylor Britt. I think – I think after he had that mistake against Illinois, he's been pressing a bit to try to make up for it ever since. I think he hits the reset button. And in a game like this against top-level guys, against NFL-type receivers, 
I think he will meet that moment and cover well. I don't know if he'll have a pick or anything, but I think he'll be a guy who uh, handles his business on his side of the field pretty well. They are going to give up some plays. I mean, let's be real. But Brunts? I think JoJo Doman asserts himself. I think that Oklahoma is going to try really hard to game plan him out of the uh, the equation, but I still think he makes – a, a, a sizable impact. I'll say one sack, and he also is involved in a turnover as well. All right. Big Max for the people coming off of this weekend <laughs> when they get their tractors back to Nebraska. All right. Score prediction time. Uh, we'll just go backwards again. Brunts. I think, obviously, Oklahoma is a talented team. I think Nebraska is going to struggle with their speed. I think this is going to be a game that's going to end up scrolling well. It's going to be a good scroller, Trey Mark. I think that Nebraska is going to cover. I think it's going to be Oklahoma, 45, Nebraska, 28. All right, BC. You know, the thing that's funny about the hype cast is because we all predict different good things for Nebraska, by the end of it, it seems like we're like, like Nebraska's <laughs> going to roll. Like, cause all these things are going to happen. So that's like 35 <laughs> points for Nebraska. I'll say, I think Oklahoma's, I mean, they're a, they're a playoff team. Probably. I, I think it's going to be 41 to 23. Um, that's uh, not three Colt field goals, but one Colt field goal. It's 41, 17, Nebraska scores late goes for two. And, and that's your score. I like Nebraska to hang around in this game. Um, I know Oklahoma's better. I think Oklahoma wins. I think Nebraska can cover this, and I think it could be uh, a pretty interesting game going into the fourth quarter. We're going to go with a little lower scoring than some uh, and go Oklahoma 36, Nebraska 27. All right. Sure. Take us home. I, I will uh, – I wish I could, you know – predict that Nebraska like 2010 would jump out 17 to nothing. Uh, but I don't foresee that. I, I see Oklahoma winning this football game 41 to 21. I think it'll include a 50 yard field goal at some point in this game, but 41 21 is the score, but I don't think it gets one sided at any point. I think it stays within a couple of score game throughout. Sharp, since you're since you're here, what is your uh, what's your fondest memory of the Nebraska Oklahoma series? Two thousand one, uh, the trick play from stunts to Crouch. As I'm on the sidelines and Crouch goes sprinting by me, John Bishop is next to me, jumping up and down. Well, after everybody settles down, after Crouch gets into the end zone, the place is going nuts. Bishop realized that he split his pants wide open. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. You know what my like off the radar uh, most favorite Nebraska Oklahoma game was is not like oh 2000 when Dominic Riolo was telling was f bombing the entire Oklahoma student section behind the Nebraska bench when they went up fourteen nothing and Herb Street was high fiving him. It's not like the game of the century which none of us were born were around for. The ninety one game which was a miserable weather day in Lincoln. And Nebraska fell behind 14-0 against the likes of Mike Gaddis and Cale Gundy. And Calvin Jones helped Nebraska come back. That is one of my actual favorite Nebraska-Oklahoma games that, that doesn't get a lot of run. 
No, I think you got two uh, two big fans of that game right here in BC and Bruns. I was there. Where are you? It was, it was cold. It was really cold. <laughs> it was uh, what thirty two at kickoff, I think. Yeah, and it was like raining, wasn't it? Yeah, when there ice on the field or or mm-hmm. before the game or during the game or something. There were yeah. two sort of ice rink games in the span of four years. There was that that game and then the eighty eight game in Norman when I was at I was seven. Um, Nebraska won uh, seven to three and broke Charles Thompson's yeah. leg on the last play. And Nebraska, the funny fact there is Nebraska had beaten Colorado seven to zero, I think, the week before. So they beat two pretty good teams <laughs> by scoring a total of 14 points over the span of two weeks. I, uh, my fondest Nebraska-Oklahoma memory would be 2009. Sue absolutely terrorized Landry Jones that day. I think Matt O'Hanlon had four interceptions. Yeah. It was a good game. It's a game that doesn't get talked a lot about in the Pelini era, but that was a really live crowd. Roy Hallou had a great game that night. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and it was sort of the game that I think people in the fan base at the time started to think, hey, they could actually go and win the the Big Ten or Big 12 North, and maybe there's something here. Because I think it was uh, early November, late October, somewhere around that time. I think, I think it was maybe right after the Baylor game or right before. But the, the Sue Heisman talk really exploded, and uh, he had just a great – Landry Jones was skittish like the entire time. Yeah. What he did to quarterbacks that year, whether it was Gabbert, Jones, McCoy, uh, just – incredible and that was that was one of the strong performances that i just feel like doesn't get talked a lot about can i throw this out there your sure. your favorite oklahoma player of all time <clears throat> brian bosworth uh not nah, he wasn't my when i was in college at the daily nebraskan i did a story on the rivalry and i called him and as a kid growing up brian bosworth was like the, the devil like he was i mean he was that he was pretty close to the devil in the state of nebraska and uh, when I talked to him, he's one of the only people I've ever been nervous, like inter- talking to on an interview. Um, but yeah, Bosworth is, he was such a great personality in college football that many years later, you appreciate more than you did at the time, I think. Mine would be Jamel Holloway. Okay. I, I wanted to be him playing football as an option quarterback. I mean, he would, and he, yeah. by the way, he was a pain in the butt to Nebraska. Uh, you guys remember Roy Williams, safety Roy oh, Williams? Yes. Yeah. I, like, I just, and part of it was, I think that was right around, like, I had obviously watched a lot of Nebraska football, but I started watching more just random games at that time. Like, you, you get into your early teens and you have more of the control of the television at your house. And I just remember being transfixed by that play he had against Texas. I mean, he was just so good at what he did as a safety. And I, I thought he was just going to be an absolute superstar in the way that sort of Troy Polamalu and Ed Reed turned into in the 2000s in the NFL. Uh, but I thought that was going to be Roy Williams. So he's definitely someone that ranks pretty highly for me. I was thinking of the guy I always think of, aside from Bosworth, that was a defender at Oklahoma, was Rocky Kalmus. Remember him? He, yeah. he just had like the perfect linebacker name to me. You know, it's like you, you got that on like a business card. And you're like, this guy's probably like a linebacker with a huge neck roll. And I don't know. I, I, I did, I, maybe I didn't have enough of an appreciation for him as a player, but I always just appreciated the name. 
All right. We are going to wrap it up here. Hopefully everybody enjoyed a, a little bit longer version of the Husker Hypecast. Sharp, hopefully it was worth your time. Whew, I made it. Thanks for <laughs> taking my virginity. Well, we'll see if we can sneak you back into our very busy schedule <laughs> for the rest of the year. All right, guys, we will, uh, we will take off and be sure to check out all the coverage at Husker 24-7. And we'll be back with more podcasts next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.